Hi, I'm Bob Mould, and you are listening to WMNF, Tampa 88.5 FM. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Good morning to you. Yes, you, my dear listener, my dear friend who always keeps your radio tuned to WMNF Tampa, the best darn station in the best darn nation and the only station streamed in Lower Tadfield, Oxfordshire. You can stream us as well at WMNF.org. My favorite life-affirming aphorism is, if anything is worth doing, it is worth doing to excess. And, and in the ethereal universe that is radio, there is nothing that I enjoy doing more than AMA Monday, the Ask Me Anything component of the Healthy Step Show. And sure as the world, to my great joy, today is Ask Me Anything Monday. So yes, you, you get to drive this show. You get to pick the direction in which we go. Everybody has some medical questions or concerns for themselves or a loved one or a friend, but no one has ever had a question answered by just thinking about it. You have to ask it. So you know what to do. If you have any medical questions, give us a call at 813-239-9663. Irene is anxious to take your call. You can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Good morning to you, Dr. Harvey. I've been told that I like to talk a mile a minute with occasional speeds up to 50, but today is AMA Monday, so there's no time to waste, so I'll pull on over here and park it and give you the road. What have you got for us today, Dr. Fred? Thank you, Bill, and good morning. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome again to the Healthy Steps Show. So we are in the thick of it, folks. This is one hot summer. It is, I think, 84 right now here in Sarasota, but the heat index has it pushed already up to 92. Feels like because of that humidity. So be aware. Uh, and be careful. Here in Sarasota, we're in the middle of actually extreme drought. We have not had enough water in Sarasota County in months, and uh, we're looking for some rain. It keeps hitting all around us, but uh, and the rain can help cool it down, but it's not lasting long enough, and the humidity follows right behind. So just some tips. Think about uh, staying inside during those peak hours, 10 to 4, and if you can't, Wear really loose-fitting clothing, lightweight clothing, clothing that wicks the moisture away. Um, and you want to, uh, this sun is very intense. Uh, I've seen the UV index go up to 13 um, uh, recently. And so it's it's really burning out there. So sun protection, those long sleeve uh uh, uh UV shirts are great, uh, sunblock. Uh, remember, you want to avoid the ones that have the... Um, uh, chemicals in them like oxybenzone and homocinamate and all these uh, petrochemical uh, uh, compounds that are likely to actually also promote cancer while they're blocking the UVs. So stick with things like um, uh, zinc oxide and titanium oxide to help reduce the amount of uh, UVs. And um, hats. Hats are great. Hats with a little bit of um, uh, uh, venting in them would be even better. 
And remember, hydration, water. You got to get lots of water in. Um, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, electrolyte water, but having uh, some trace minerals, a couple drops of that into the water replaces some of your magnesium that you lose and potassium that you lose when you're when you're sweating so much. And remember, um, if you are having to go outside, add more fluids. Baseline, two liters a day for most people. Add another one if you're going to be outside, maybe even two, depending on how long you're going to be there. Um, people to, that really need to stay aware in this in this time um, are are people on medications, medications that control blood pressure, vascular issues, um, steroids. These things can change the way you deal with fluids and heat in your body. Uh, antidepressants can change your autonomic nervous system, um, and so pay attention uh, if you feel like you're beginning to be too hot just get out of the sun because you may not have the ability to catch up as people not on medications may be able to and seniors also already have uh, uh, vascular systems that are less efficient and so they need to actually spend extra time um, uh, taking care of themselves staying out of the sun and remember uh, the parked car problem um, Temperatures inside the car can get up to 150 degrees or higher um, when you leave it locked and, and closed in the sun. So don't leave even pets in the car. And, um, yeah, really don't do the strenuous activities during those peak activ uh, peak times, um, 10 to 4. <clears throat> and if you need to go out, um, get used to the high temperature. Go, go in small doses um, and pay attention to um, those around you who actually may be at risk be aware that they may be getting symptoms that they're not quite uh, all aware about. And uh, you can be there for them too. So um, in addition to the heat, um, I just wanted to revisit last week, you know, teen um, um, mental health is a real issue. And the one of the largest at-risk groups of, of teens is teens that are dealing with sexual identity issues. And many states are actually enacting laws that are hideous, homophobic, and absolutely abusive. And it's actually, you know, more strenuous for these people with these laws in, in place. And when somebody has gender dysphoria, trans youth especially, um, Therapies that don't support them, therapies that try to get them to change, are actually very stressful. And, and uh, conversion therapies are actually designed to hurt people, even though they actually think that these are going to help people get more in line with what society needs. Well, these people don't need to be more in line with what society desires. They need to be in line with what they are, what they desire. And so pressuring people to change for the wrong reasons or for any reason really is 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 not good so we need to step out of this um aggressive abusive um uh, uh, uh attack basically on um anyone who doesn't fit the uh uh heteronormative narrative that is is so important for so many uh very narrow-minded racist homophobic uh bigoted people um like our governor. Um, so Florida is a, a at-risk state, and we need to be there for these people. We need to be uh, aware that they are under fire by a very aggressive and bullying state. 
We don't need bullies. We need love. And I just want to remind everybody that today we are listening to the Healthy Step Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Indeed we are. And I've got James, but I don't want him to be alone in the queue. So I'm going to give on out the phone number and remind folks that this is the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey on WMNF Tampa. And the topic today is Ask Me Anything. So give us a call at 813-239-9663. Irene is in the control room waiting for you. You can send an email to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Good morning to you, James. What's on your mind? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so very much for this show. It's very insightful and very affirming of medical care. Well, I'm glad. Thank you. Um, I was just asking or questioning. I'm seeing and, and reading and watching the, the, the advertisements for RSV for people with asthma, HPV for kids over the age of nine, and is it as concerning as COVID, or is this just another uh, ad- advertisement for injectables? Well, I think um, in a big way, it's an advertisement for injectables. Um, RSV is nowhere near the issue um, with uh, overall infectivity and and and. Uh, Incidents uh, and um, to to that extent uh, severity across the population um, that uh, um, the the COVID ended up being, or even flu. I mean, flu is actually um, very um, significant um, compared even to RSV. But um, you know, the um, the RSV became more of an issue. Um, during uh, COVID, people started talking about it more. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's, for, it's mainly kids, but some adults who do have weaker immune systems or, or asthma um, can uh, uh, result in in severity. So, um, but severe infection incidence is not really really high, um, and so. Um, they have uh, some uh, protective antibodies, I believe, that, that can be used if somebody does get infected and there is um, um, a, 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 a vaccine. But, you know, the real thing here that showed up during the pandemic, James, is that we have a lot of opportunity to impact the severity by taking care of ourselves before we get ill. And that's what was really ignored. And I found it quite distressing that uh, during the pandemic, the uh, experts did not spend any time talking about prevention. All they wanted to do was talk about injection. Uh, That is supposedly prevention, too. But, you know, not everybody really needed injections. There were some really at-risk people, I believe, that could have benefited from getting them. Um, But in all, we, we really need to work on the problem um, that America has with um, the consumption of non-food products, pretending that they're actually food, and um, having um, no uh, uh, attention to the amount of toxins going into the body. 
and not really caring about it because our, you know, the FDA, the EPA, and and the Department of Agriculture allow our food to be poisoned in the field before it's given to us. And so there's a really there's a disconnect uh, when it comes to health care um, in this country because we don't have health care; we have illness care. And so it's the doctors that that do that think that people like me are quacks because we don't talk about illness care. That's all they can talk about. I can talk about illness care, but I'd rather save that as a last ditch effort because we've succeeded at prevention in 99% of cases. That's, that's my world. And that's what my, my colleagues are striving for. So yeah, I think you're, you're listening to the propaganda machine of the medical industrial complex selling more vaccines. Long answer for a short question. Yeah, and is, is this the same for HPV for children? How many kids at, at age nine do you know are sexually active? Not many at all. Right. I mean, this is the weirdest stuff. Why are we injecting, you know, nine-year-olds with HPV to prevent cervical cancer? I mean, are we really expecting the? Are we, are we hope. I guess. I guess the federal government's hoping these kids are are getting ready for sex at age nine. It's like it's weird. It's really weird to think that they want to get this in that early. Why not let a teenager who might be thinking about getting sexually active talk about getting the vaccine instead of having the system force it into the vaccine schedule? It's weird. This this this, you know, fascist uh, authoritarian um, medical injection schedule is just bizarre to me. Especially, you know, the the amount and the frequency and the 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 stacking they do in in toddlers, stressing the immune system out like that is not normal. You don't get fifteen viruses all at once. Understood. Uh, thank you so much for putting me at ease, Doctor. Yes, sir. Anytime. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. James, um, I've got Ed from Tampa, but I'm going to throw on out the uh, contact information again like a handful of jacks. You're listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show on WMNF Tampa. We're encouraging you to give us a call at 813-239-9663 if you have any medical questions or concerns. Irene is in the control room, anxious to take your call. You can also send us an email at DJ at WMNF.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Good morning to you, Ed. Hi, uh, good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my my call is related to uh, chronic kidney disease. Yes. And and you mentioned something uh, about uh, earlier about the uh, normal hot weather we have and so forth about sweating out potassium and you have a need to replace that. Well, yes. because I have because I have CKD, and as you know, potassium and phosphorus are two of my Achilles heels, my kids. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, would it be advantageous to to uh, to uh, to uh, enable my potassium removal? By uh, sweating more and not replacing the calcium that I lose through my sweat. Well, that's so an that, interesting question. I've never had anybody ask that. It's a, it's really insightful there. That I like that. Well, um, well, it's you, Donna, man, when you make that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. Yeah, well, that's my problem. I'm sweating. I'm 
Yeah, you're a thinker. And actually, it may it may be useful Um, if you, um, you know, with your chronic kidney disease, your vascular system is also under stress. So if you're going to do some more sweating, I would add it gradually and do it to your tolerance. Don't do anything really stressful because it may put too much stress on your kidney and vascular system. So take it stepwise because you don't want to get dehydrated. You don't want to get too much sweat going because then you're going to put another stressor on your kidneys. So take it stepwise and see what happens. Let your kidney doctor follow your potassium as you increase the amount of sweating you do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted you to weigh in on it. No, great, great insight. Thank you for adding that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Since I've gone dark here in the studio with no callers, I'm going to do it again. Give on out the phone number. You're encouraged to participate. Today is the Ask Me Anything Monday, so the opportunities are limitless. Give us a call at 813-239-9663 or send an email to dj at wmnf.org and continue to text us at 813-433-0885. Back to you there, Dr. Harvey. Well, thank you. Um, we have uh, an email from Don. Don asks, what is my opinion on bone broth and is it worth taking? Well, bone broth is something that we humans have been eating for, mm, I don't know, a couple thousand years at least. Um, it's one of my favorite foods. If I uh, uh, cook a chicken... I tend to strip all the meat off and um, all the extra pieces go in a pot immediately uh, with some uh, water and some other veg. And that gets usually slow boiled for 24 hours. I throw a little bit of um, acid in there, a little bit of lemon juice or some vinegar, because that actually helps to dissolve the collagen right out of the bones. When you've done this overnight at a really, really slow boil, you will actually find that the bones are almost like powdered by the next day because there will be no protein left in them. Protein is what makes the bones resilient. And so bone broth actually is a really good thing to do for anybody who wants to prevent or treat osteopenia or osteoporosis, thinning of the bones, because bone broth is the matrix of your bone. So you'll get actually the nutrients that make up your bone and your body can then use those to reconstruct your bone. Um, Bone broth is great protein and it's actually quite delicious. Um, It's the basis that um, we use this Sunday for the amazing vegetable soup that my husband made. And so you can use the bone broth in a lot of ways. Just drink it straight up. Um, You can make other soups out of it. Use it for cooking for other recipes. Um, When it calls for a cup of chicken broth, just keep your bone broth in the fridge and get a cup out of there. Um, One caveat that is possible with bone broth is that it may have extra histamine in it. And for people that are sensitive to histamine, they may actually have some reaction to the bone broth. It's not common, but it's also not rare. So it can show up. So if you do notice that you get bloating or hives or anything from eating bone broth, then you know that you're 
likely to have a histamine sensitivity. But otherwise, bone broth is very healthy. You want to start, though, with um, organic pastured chicken, not the classic concentrated animal farm organization, industrial chicken, um, and, and have really good quality uh, um, animal with low toxicity and create yourself an amazing healing food. So yes, bone broth is totally worth eating. And Dave asks, hi, Dr. Fred, I know you're not a dietitian, but I have type 2 diabetes, and I want to know if eggs and lactose-free milk are okay. Um, actually, in diabetes, uh, type 2, which is the type where your um, uh, body is not listening to the signal of insulin, you have insulin, you probably make too much of it at this point, and your body's not listening because you've actually overutilized the system, and the body cells are not really interested in um, storing away more fat. So they ignore the insulin and your blood sugar goes up. So the only foods that I actually really tend to tell people to avoid are the foods that contain sugar. And so lactose is milk sugar. If you have lactose-free milk, it doesn't have uh, or it has reduced sugar. Eggs don't have sugar. So both are fine foods. I tend to suggest to people to avoid pasteurized dairy when they have um, any kind of medical conditions or in general because pasteurized dairy creates some foreign type chemicals in the milk called glycation products. The body, the human body, mammal bodies don't make glycation products, but fungi do. And so these glycation products look like fungus products and our body wants to attack them and create immune issues with them. And so it would be best if you have diabetes to actually look for raw dairy uh, rather than the pasteurized type. Um, but the paleo type diet where you avoid grain and um, sometimes beans, dairy, uh, these are uh, the types of foods that would actually contribute overall. The, the lactose in the dairy would contribute possibly if you do too much of it to your sugar going up. So eating a high protein, high fiber diet with um, say, five to eight servings of vegetables a day and one or two small servings, half cups of berries or other low glycemic fruit, along with, um, based on your body size, somewhere between 10 and uh, 16 ounces of good quality, lean, clean protein, that would be a diet for diabetes. That and 30 minutes of exercise of any kind that you want every day. So yeah, I think uh, this is a participatory show and I'm getting more emails and I will answer them. But is anyone out there in Radio Land ready to call? This is WMNF 88.5. Hello, hello out there. We are reaching on out for your participation on Ask Me Anything Monday here on WMNF Tampa. Anything that's on your mind medically, we want to have a opportunity to discuss it with you. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. As I keep saying, Irene's in the room waiting for you. You can also continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org and text us at 813-433-0885. And I know I just uh, occasionally just give a quick little shout of Irene's name, but I want to let everybody know how important she is to our show. So thank you, Irene. Back to you there, Dr. Harvey. 
Thank you. I have an email here from Melinda. Melinda says that her 89-year-old mother was told that she has the beginning of age-related macular degeneration. And the doctor recommended something called AREDS-2, A-R-E-D-S-2. And that is a clinical research study that actually looked at certain vitamin supplements to see if they would affect macular degeneration. And the group of vitamins um, that was studied um, is sold as an AREDS-2 supplement in many different places. And they at least contain zinc and lutein and um, I believe vitamin E um, as the basis. Um, And um, she found one that contains five milligrams of lutein, which is a carotenoid, a colored, yellow colored, or or actually a red colored pigment in the carotene family, and um, one milligram of zeaxanthin. That is another carotenoid. Now, we know that the carotene pigments are really good for the retina. And so um, she was wondering if a supplement with 40 milligrams versus five milligrams of lutein and eight milligrams versus one milligram of zeaxanthin would be a better choice. I do believe so, because I think the more of those you get, the better. However, you can also, um, now 89 years old, it's going to be tough to get real big piles of uh, vegetables into mom, probably, because most people tend to reduce the amount of food they eat at this age. But greens contain lots of carotenoids. If you ever noticed that when your greens go bad, they turn yellow. That's the carotene. So... Um, eating things that have those colors in are really useful. So eating more foods that way is beautiful. That, that would be a great place to go. In addition, uh, mom has some glaucoma and takes some other medicines, including a statin. And I see that she's also taking coenzyme Q10. Just a reminder, anybody who's on a statin drug for cholesterol, cardiovascular issues should be on coenzyme Q10 because statin drugs deplete that and CoQ10 is critical for heart function. Um, here's one from um, Anonymous, I believe. Yes. Um, good morning, they say. Um, I am 56, 15 pounds overweight. I exercise daily, but I eat too much. What are five foods I could eat or drink each day to lose weight and stay healthy? Well, there's lots more than five. But here's a suggestion. Five to eight servings of vegetables. So, When I'm talking about servings, we're talking about a cup of raw leaves, so salad. One cup is one serving, and then cooked leaves, cooked down, we know that, they shrink. So one half cup of cooked leaves, like cooked spinach, that's a serving. So we want um, five to eight servings a day, and that would mean, so, um, you know, two cups of salad um, and uh, uh, some chopped um um, uh, whole vegetables like broccoli or carrots and celery and stuff on the salad uh, in half cup servings because all solid vegetables would be half cups and then and then cooked vegetables along with that. So that would be a great way to actually add great nutrition. That then the phytochemicals you want to, again you want to get that rainbow you want to get lots of different colors of these vegetables because you're going to be stimulating lots of good change in your body by doing this and then you want to cut out anything that is processed. So stay away from the center of the store, um, stick on the periphery, 
and eat whole foods. And uh, like if you're going to eat bread, choose a bread that's very clean. Um, one of the companies that I use locally is from Deland, Florida. Deland Bakery actually has a, a bunch of breads that are so simple. They only have four ingredients um, like oatmeal, water, salt and baking powder. I don't think you can get more clean than that. There are none of these additives like BHA and BHT and preservatives and stabilizers and other things like that. Four ingredient bread. That's the kind of food you want to eat. That's the kind of thing you make at home. I think we have some callers. Actually, the whole board is lit on up. I've got five callers in the box right now, but let's get started with Edwin. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning. How are you today? Hello there. Great. How are you? Good. I had a question. Uh, I keep hearing a lot about parasites these days. I mean, we are an animal. We do deworm our animals. What about the human body? We must have them. Uh, yeah, you know, we experience parasites all the time, and we have for our entire existence. One of the most interesting um, studies that I've seen on parasites was a massive population study that looked at basically the world and it looked at um two things it looked at the incidence of parasitosis gastrointestinal parasites um and it looked at the incidence of alzheimer's disease and what was most fascinating is that the countries that had the highest amount of parasitosis much of it sub-saharan africa had the lowest rates of Alzheimer's disease and the countries like Europe and America that had the least amount of parasitosis had the most Alzheimer's disease. There is a theory about this and that is um, a hygiene theory. When your environment's too clean, your body overreacts to minor things and Alzheimer's disease is an overreaction and it's an inflammation of the brain that shouldn't happen because the brain is uh, or the, the immune system is being triggered. And what's interesting is it's <clears throat> the, the triggering occurs really in a subset of people that have an innate immune system that resembles those of our paleo ancestors. It's very rudimentary, it's very brutish, and it's very aggressive when it gets stimulated, but it doesn't get stimulated very often. However, uh, it takes a lot to get it stimulated. And so because of the hygiene theory, it's getting stimulated a lot more in Western countries. And there's a lot of other little triggers in there. The amount of toxicity that we have, the amount of sugar, the white sugar that we eat, all these things actually promote it to move forward. But parasites aren't as bad as everyone thinks. However, there are ones that are really terrible. And these we know, we document things like the malaria parasite in your blood, Babesia is another one that gets in your blood. It's like malaria and it's, it's prevalent in tick-borne disease. So it's associated with Lyme. Um, these are really bad parasites. Many of the ones that come through your gut aren't even actually really that bad and they'll pass on. Certain ones like tapeworm um, and, um, and roundworm, they can actually become serious infestations. People tend to know about this and see their doctor before they get this bad. And we don't have enough parasitosis in our communities. We don't have enough um, fecal contamination in our food to get lots of it in our country. We have sewage. And so it's a totally different story here. Um, if you uh, would like to know about parasites, you can easily get a good parasitosis test. Uh, there's some great companies out there that do it, like Genova Labs and Doctors Data. I don't think that Quest and LabCorp actually see enough of it to actually be really good at catching them. Right. Oh, that was some good information. Thank you. 
I'm glad it helped. Um, so yeah, if you uh, if you need help, uh, look look for those labs, and you can actually go to a place like any lab test now, and they will actually allow you to order lab tests like that. Um, you just have to get the education as to which companies to go to for the better tests, like Genova Labs, uh, who's been doing parasite tests for um, the last 30 years that I've been using them, and they have about a 22% success rate in finding parasites. That's you know one in five people. That's pretty good results when most end up being negative if you just send it out to the regular lab. Right. Okay, then that just leads me to one last question. If we did have parasites, how do we get rid of them? Um, well, it depends on the parasite that you find um, okay. because all of them respond differently to different medications. However, um, the gentle herbal parasite cleanses that many people do aren't really harmful for the body and they do do a little bit of a purgative and it may actually shift your microbiome for the better um but um uh and and we know that the original parasite medications were wormwood artemisia and other things like that so um you can do those but if you really suspect you have a parasite i'd get a poop test and get it treated appropriately okay thank you very much you're welcome Thank you there, Edwin. I've got, I'm um, hoping I'm pronouncing the name properly, Lilo, Lilo and Brandon. Hello. Hello. Yeah, I just wanted to ask your take on magnesium L-theorinate for the brain and for dementia. And So magnesium what? L-theorinate. Oh, okay, yes. Um, threonate is a, an amino acid that has really good absorption into the brain, and um, many functional practitioners are now using magnesium threonate as one of the magnesiums we use to help support function, and it does seem to do well with brain function, uh, can be calming. And uh, yeah, I, I do like magnesium threonate. Okay, good. And how about DHA? Do you recommend a lot of DHA for your patients? I use EPA DHA regularly because I like the combination um, and uh, it's easily delivered in fish oil capsules and in a nice piece of wild salmon. Okay. Uh, I like Nordic Natural because they make a strawberry flavored enhanced that you can put under your tongue with your B12 in the morning. And it's oh, good. Yeah. Get it into the blood brain barrier. Thank you. Nordic is a high quality company and, and their, yeah, their, their product is clean. Yeah. Thank you for. Uh, uh, you're being in the community. I appreciate your knowledge. Thank you. You're so welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Take care. You too. All right. And waiting patiently, I've got Stephen, Robin, and Lynn. So let's go to Stephen in Newport Ritchie. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Don, uh, I got a question. I, I'm on the Guntry diet, which is... Yes grain-free and all the lectins and stuff, staying at, trying to stay away from that. And yes. Originally, I went on it because my uh, doctor of Chinese medicine said a long time ago after she was doing stuff to try to relieve my esophageal issues where I couldn't swallow pot roast and, and ch chicken breast, and I had big vitamins get stuck in my throat, yada, 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 and... A few other issues with like, um, like a psoriasis around my nose and and eyebrows and around my scalp, and I <clears throat> started on the Guntry diet because she's well, she said you probably your problem the problem is probably you're having wheat in your diet, you know. So, 
I since I went on the gun tree diet and I've been on it for about five years now, yes. my esophageal issues are gone. I've t- my uh, my uh, psoriasis or whatever. I can't I can't remember exactly what the diagnosis was. It sounds but, like seborrheic dermatitis. It's, it's yeah. It's 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 all gone around my scalp. I get when I eat when I eat out and I'm eating the wrong foods or I go on a retreat and I'm not having control over my food as much as I like, the stuff comes back around my nose and my eyebrows and right mm-hmm. underneath my chin. But um, my gas and a lot of this stuff is receded. And then, and so as long as I'm eating right, I'm doing fine. It's um, And I've been taking colostrum. I think that's what mm-hmm. you call it, the IVG brand of some sort. I can't remember the exact brand because I wasn't expecting to talk to you. I'm in my mm-hmm. car. <laughs> that's okay. But um, since, and then my sinus is all cleared up. I don't know it was because the dogs and the cats died, but. It sounds like you have multiple and, um, issues going there. Yeah. So I, since they died and it's been years, I'm finding all, a lot of this stuff is gone, these irritables. And I first thought natural routes are better because Western medicine is not very good at irritables. But as I read Dr. Wild's book about 15 years ago and had questioned in my mind, oh, maybe there's a different route. Yes. Um, but um, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm doing okay. But what I found was I went on a spore-based probiotic, and that has really removed the scalp issue more. And now Excellent. I come down to where I'm dealing with that. But I've heard there's some other things I could take, too, that deals with the gut. And I think I'm healing my gut. But it sounds like you've done quite a good job doing that. Well. Pardon I think me? you've done really a great. I think you've done a great job healing your gut. Um, it sounds like uh, the, uh, uh, you know, dermatitis like you've got that that's an indication you have some gut integrity issues, and the fact that it's pretty well cleared up is excellent. Adding that spore-based probiotic can shift your microbiome and again reduce the stress and inflammation going on in the gut, thus uh, uh, allowing uh, your skin to heal. Because um, skin in your gut and skin in your face is, you know, it's very similar. Um, uh, you get the same kind of challenges. And so, yeah, you've made some great decisions. The Gundry diet's very clean, um, and it reduces a lot of the irritation that your body would normally get. Um, fish oil is another thing that can really help with calming down inflammatory things like your skin issue. It is, you know, I heard of this uh, thing like um, the three things in natural medicine. Some of the Eastern philosophies, dampness and heat and fire, with our, and there's another one, and I was known to be more on the heat side, so fish oils mm-hmm. weren't recommended. Primrose oil doesn't help either. It seems like I and when I did, have you tried fish oil? Yeah, and it seemed to upset my stomach a bit. Uh, I oh, maybe it was algae. a maybe it wasn't a good algae. quality fish oil. I don't know. I did algae uh, based oil uh, oils, you know. Yes. Um, I've kind of stopped them. I'm like retired and I'm trying to cut back on stuff because my wife's in a full fledged, died on D3 for her arthritic conditions. And 
She's the one I'm most worried about. I'm thinking about her most of the time when I'm asking medical questions. Well, you've done a great job. Uh, and I think that um, uh, dietarily, you've done great. Uh, you're exploring it, um, you know, step by stepwise and, and really making progress, it sounds. Um, so, um, Stephen, um, do you have any uh, last words before we move on to the next caller? Well, for my wife, for instance, she's taken the D3. She's on this um, Caliba protocol. Are you familiar? No. Calibria protocol. So no. ID three is uh, used as a as a um, form of um, st- uh, it's not a steroid. It's, it acts as a. Um, we use D3 for a lot of different things. It's an immune booster. It's a brain help. It helps with the vascular system. But, uh, yeah, we yeah. can talk more about vitamin D at some point. But I'm going to move on to our next caller. we got five more waiting. All right. All right. No problem. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. And thank you for calling on in, Steve. I've got uh, Robin with a um, almost record-setting level of patience and Lynn as well. Good morning, Robin. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Hi, Robin. Hi, how are y'all doing? Great, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Uh, Dr. Fred, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit or a lot or as much as you like about water. Uh, I just heard that the, the the amount of water we're supposed to drink every day has gone up. And, uh, you know, like a liter of water before you have your coffee and on through the day. And uh, if I walk and perspire and all this, is can you drink too much? Here are my basic questions. Can you drink too much water? Does it matter what kind of water if you just need the, the liquid? Um, is electrolyte a good thing to add, or is there is there a way you can stress out your body by having too much electrolyte water? It, just your thoughts on all that mix would be really I'll, helpful. I'll, I'm, I'm going to hang up and listen to your response. Okay, great. And there, those are great questions. Water, um, um, I, as much water as you can drink uh, comfortably is probably not going to hurt you. Um, If you are um, sweating a lot, a gallon a day is not unreasonable. But um, if you're not, um, that could actually be too diluting for your body. And yes, uh, electrolytes can uh, be too much too. You could get too much magnesium, especially as our previous caller with kidney disease mentioned potassium and magnesium are important in people with kidney disease. You don't want to do too much of that. Um, and so they may benefit, like he said, from sweating to get out some of that um, uh, potassium. Um, filtered water. Um, I'm not a fan of reverse osmosis, even though it's the cleanest. The reason I'm not a fan is because we don't have enough water in Florida to waste a gallon for every gallon that we drink because that's what reverse osmosis does. I use a five micron carbon followed by a resin fiber filter followed by a 0.5 micron carbon filter three filters in a row um the system's called aqualive a q u a l i v i think they've changed it now to atla atla water uh there are other similar ones the one in my office is odak o d a k very similar construction um these very tight uh low micron uh, carbon filters get on almost everything down to small viruses, including cryptosporidium. Um, and so filtered water um, is my preference over reverse osmosis, over uh, uh, um, distilled. Um, but uh, getting a half ounce per pound per body weight daily is a baseline and adding to that if you sweat, exercise, go outside, etc. 
Great. Take another caller there, Doctor. I am ready. All right. I've got Lynn from Land Lakes there. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. I have a question about um, mouthwash. If your gut biome begins in your mouth, is it counterproductive to use mouthwash? Um, actually, I think um, um, we were not designed to swish Listerine around in our mouths. Um, our, our mouths are not um, um, fetid cesspools. Our mouths have flora in it that are designed to help with digestion. And when we eat the wrong foods, we get flora that is designed to eat holes in our teeth. And so, and we do other things like smoke cigarettes, which ruins the flora in our mouth. And when we drink alcohol, like this in Listerine, it'll ruin the flora in our mouth. So we really want to actually pay attention to the flora in our mouth and actually take care of it. And and flossing and brushing is a really good way to do that. Some sodium bicarbonate in the in the uh, toothpaste or uh, or in a non-alcohol mouthwash, like uh, um, uh, what's it called? Bio, um, not biofreeze. That's the topical. Um, but there is a, an enzymatic mouthwash that doesn't kill your flora. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so there are lots of different alternatives, but I don't think that using um, alcohol-based mouthwashes are really very useful for most people. They're toxic. I agree. I don't ever use the alcohol-based ones, but I'll be saving some money and I'll stop buying it. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All righty. I've got James from... The far up north, Pasadena, Maryland. Good morning, Jim. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Is it? Is it what you got to today? Have you still have the station on? Yes, sir. Uh, yes. Okay. So my question was about um, prostate cancer, and is it true that the testosterone encourages cancer growth, or and or is it? Uh, just sugar that encourages the cancer growth. And so does Eligard help? Um, so testosterone um, is a communicator to the cells and the prostate cells respond to that. So all prostate cells will proliferate more with the suggestion of testosterone. So if you have a prostate cancer, it may actually direct those cells to grow more. And anti-testosterone therapy is uh, one of the um, um, uh, definite ways to actually go about treating. Um, so um, you, you want to avoid um, uh, any kind of um, um, testosterone if you have uh, prostate cancer, unless it's been treated and the um, prostate cancer has been you know removed and you have no more PSA levels. If you don't have any growth, then you're probably okay. I've, I've actually started prostate cancer patients back on testosterone two years out from having remission. Okay. So I initially was diagnosed with a point, I think a 0.15 or 15 even. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure exactly where those numbers are, but I'm my last uh, test of PSA was point, or zero point one or point zero one yeah so it's basically not detectable okay so i've already taken two shots of the eligard and yes. i've and i was treated with radiation and i ended up with my teeth started rotting which i've never had happen before 
So I don't know if that's related to the hormone therapy or the um, radiation. That's an adverse consequence that shouldn't happen in your mouth from the radiation down below. But after the radiation, did your PSA drop to uh, non-detectable levels? It dropped to uh, zero point or point zero two. And did it start to go back up? Why did they put you on um, Eligard? Well, they had me on Eligard right after the radiation. Okay. So I'm trying to not take another shot, and I just mm. wanted some another opinion. Yours, preferably. I've been listening to you for a while. And uh, so, what level? What level um, Gleason score did you have? I can't remember exactly what that means. So the Gleason oh, score is I the was, aggressive, the aggressive level was, of the cancer before removed. It it was uh, um. I can't remember the actual score, but it was considered a uh, an aggressive. Yeah, answer. so um, I think um, it's worth it to have a full consult with um, an alternative or functional cancer doctor or a functional medicine doctor to talk more about what would be the next course of action for you to support you going through this. <clears throat> because... Um, there are many things that come in to your cancer and why you got it. And so it's really important to clean up the whole body before you make decisions about stopping um, suppressive medications. Right. I've been on a very strict diet for the last, uh, I'd say, a year and a half with juicing, uh, juice twice a day, 32, uh, two 32-ounce jars of juice. Uh, really? That's a lot of sugar. This was recommended from my nutritionist. But it's, it's a lot of sugar. You know, just, just consider it's, it's a lot of sugar. It's organic, um, just organic fruits. That's too much sugar. You shouldn't be drinking that much sugar. You're, 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 you're actually feeding cancer cells with sugar, 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 sugar. It's completely contraindicated for cancer therapy if you're doing just that much. 32 ounces of fruits? Oh, my word. That's, that's well, um, fruit and ve- it's fruit and vegetables. But it's still sugar. Might want even to reconsider. Though, even though it's fruit, juice? It's, or, it's sugar. I mean, or, organic fruit. It's organic like sugar. Table sugar. It's sugar. Hmm. Yeah. Not exactly on my list of, of the best cancer intervention. Okay. So my next question would be, would it have been the, the Eligard or the... Um, the natural foods that I've been doing for the last year and a half that has actually helped reduce this well, uh, PSA. More than likely, the Eligard and the radiation. Okay. Yeah, I think you need a consult to sort this out. Okay. Good luck okay. on that, James. Thank you. There's lots of functional medicine doctors out there for you. All right, thank you welcome we're down to about the last four or five minutes so let's wrap on up with mitch good morning mitch hi good morning i'm going to ask a quick question dr fred about my right hand yes uh i'm having problems problems using my hand because the finger next to my middle finger Mm -hmm. it locks up it it just locks down. I can't do anything with it, and that's how oh, okay. I have to pull it back up. <laughs> yeah, you have a trigger write, finger. Writing like a third grader <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, that's hard. Like that. 
I'll just hang That's, up and, and uh, you tell me what, what, what this is. Is there okay. a cure and thing? Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. You're welcome, my dear. So that's a trigger finger, and trigger fingers are related to a tendonitis, essentially. And um, you could see an orthopedic hand specialist who would uh, likely inject some steroids into that finger to release the tendon so it can move again. Very simple. And it, it may come back that you can see a physical therapist that can give you some exercises to help prevent it. So, yes, trigger fingers are not uncommon. So, oh, we're down to 10, it's 10.58. So yeah, we have a couple of emails here. Um, this one is from Ivan and Ivan says um, he was wondering what it would do to lower iron levels. Well, um, he had um, slightly elevated iron. Uh, I think that needs to be evaluated more deeply than just trying to get the levels down um, because it could be simply a single level that's elevated. You want to make sure that it's a, a real elevation. And the other thing is you want to check the rest of the system to see if you're having an iron storage disease like hemochromatosis. Very important to rule out because that will cause liver failure, liver cancer, and uh, hormone disruption throughout. Um, uh, another person is asking about fibromyalgia symptoms brought on by COVID. Well, yes, we know that COVID is actually a, an autoimmune uh, issue because of systemic inflammation. Anybody, uh, Rebecca is the one that's asking about this. Anybody who has um, uh, this kind of problem should actually be evaluated for systemic inflammation and get it treated because there are definitive treatments. And we're down to the wire, so I want to thank everybody. Irene, thanks for the phones. Bills, thanks for running the boards. Pleasure, And all you lovely people calling in and listening and sending emails. Uh, next week, it's going to be AMA again, but I will inform you when our next guest is coming. All right, and I'm looking forward to that. You always have some stellar guests. So always a great show, but I love the AMA as well. So until next Monday, I'd like to say thank you, Dr. Harvey, and thank you, Irene, and to all of our listeners. Take care and stay healthy. You have been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR news, and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show, hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community-conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.